Exodus chapter 2. I want to read a story about Moses. You know, we said just a few moments ago that none of us would be here without mom. Obviously, God first. But mom is a special person because of, if nothing else, I know there's, just like there's some bad dads out there, there's some not so great moms. I know there's none of them here. But I know there's some people who've had not the greatest relationship with their mom or they've had a mom who had it rough or had people that came through things. But you've got to give credit to a mom alone for going into labor and giving birth to a child. Even if they don't do a good job as a parent, that's something that's an amazing, amazing feat. And we kind of see this story in Exodus chapter 2. Let's read it real quick in verse 1. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, as a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. We know this is because this is when the babies were being killed. And so it says, but when she could no longer hide him, they were killing every male under two years old, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, laid it in the reeds by the river's bank, and, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done. They put him in that river and sent him down the river, hoping and praying that somebody would pick him up. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and Her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. She opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. Now watch these next few words. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. So the maiden woman called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, I Go, take this child and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. Father, just for the next few minutes, open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. Speak and bless to, Lord, these, these women, these mothers. Let them know this morning that they're loved and they're honored, and let them know that we see, Lord God, the sacrifices that they have made and all the things they've done over the years to be able to raise up children. And Lord, we thank you for the next few minutes of just teaching us your word and allowing us to continue to grow as a church, Father. And we thank you for these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Number seven is the key. Sorry, number six. If you're taking notes, I want to talk about the mother of compassion. Even though this woman had not gave birth to this child, there's something inside of a woman that God places that a man does not have. Now, the man has many qualities that the woman doesn't have. It's it's a union together, but there's something special about the woman, that a woman could see the need of a child. It's very unlikely that a man would have saw that baby and did what she did. Very unlikely. Let's just be real and honest. But that woman saw that baby, and you have to think probably that when Moses' birth mother gave birth to him, she knew because of what was going on around that she might lose that son. 
How hard can you imagine knowing that when you give birth to a child, that baby is not going to be yours? We ran into this situation in Costa Rica. Many of you know Pastor Dustin and Rochelle. God used us in our friendship to allow them to adopt a baby, to allow them to have a child that they could not have. For many, many years they prayed and they couldn't get, they couldn't get pregnant. And of course, later on down the road, like it happens many times, they did get pregnant. Now they have their own and she's about six. But Sarah is their oldest daughter and she's, I think, 14 now, or going to be 14. And uh, I'm her godfather and we were put together to help them get this child. And part of the story was a mom from Nicaragua was pregnant. She worked for my father-in-law in his restaurant. She became pregnant, not for the first time. And she could not take care of this baby. And we found out and got wind of it and said, hey, we've got someone who will take care of this child. And so, praise God, that woman, instead of going and getting an abortion... She carried that woman, that baby for nine months, knowing that when that baby was born, she was going to hand that baby to Rochelle and never see it again. That's a real life story. And how many know that's not easy to do? And she wasn't even a believer, but there was something in this woman that although she had made many mistakes and she had other children, she still had a motherly instinct inside of her that said, I cannot let this child die. And, and now today to think back and see Sarah, who's living in a wonderful home, pastor's, pastor's parents, she's part of a godly heritage, her destiny changed because of the compassion of a mother. Amen. Totally changed. And I was there that day that she was born, God miraculously ordained some things so that she could be in Costa Rica when she was born, and it was by a very few amount of hours. Their ticket was supposed to be for several days later. God spoke to Pastor Dustin. He felt an urge to get there quicker. They came in. I picked them up at the airport about 11 o'clock at night. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, she was giving birth to that child. And because of legalities and all kinds of crazy stuff, they had to be there. And I was there when that, not obviously in the room, but when that baby was born, she, they, the nurses took that baby, cleaned her up, and handed her to Rochelle. That ba- and that mom did her part. And of course, now over the years, she has met the mom and thank God she's been able to see her child. But I have seen firsthand that situation that we're seeing right here where this mother knew I'm pregnant with this baby and I'm not going to be able to mother this child. And you can I, only a mother can understand that this morning. I, I'm not even trying to understand, but I know how hard that could be. To know that she's going to lose that. But God was so faithful. How many know that God is faithful when we're compassionate? And he was faithful enough. And I'm thinking when she put that baby in the water, I promise you she was praying, God, please let a woman find this baby. Please let a godly woman find this baby. And here's the amazing thing, though. God put that baby in that water. That baby started going down the river and wasn't even a mother who found him. It's a young girl, Pharaoh's daughter, was not a mom yet. But yet at a young age, that motherly instinct kicked in. She grabbed that baby, and then the maidens helped, and they raised that child up. And we know now that that baby was Moses, the mighty man of God, Moses. But that mighty man of God, Moses, never would have made to, to be Moses if it wasn't for that mother of compassion. 
If it wasn't for Pharaoh's daughter of compassion that would raise him up. And we see there in verse 7, she had compassion on him as he was one of the Hebrews' children. That's a great story. You can get into it later. You can see it more later. I want to just talk about two things quickly this morning. Out of this story, especially as I'm talking about brokenness, because how many know that some families have kind of what's called, the? it seems, the perfect family or the perfect family. uh, ending, or you know, we've been talking a lot this week about my heritage and and having my sister, my aunts here, and then we uh, had the going home celebration for my mamma yesterday, and took her to the to the cemetery and celebrated 92 years of life, and 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 even though it would seem obviously perfect on the outside, she was married for 60 years, 64 years to her husband. And uh, she, they had a great life. It wasn't perfect, though. But then you have some people who, it might not, it looks perfect on the outside, but it's not. Then you have some that can't hide the imperfection. Right. Amen. How many know some people like that? Don't point fingers. Amen. There are some people who are not the picture of perfection. And the, the bottom line is, out of this story, there are some mothers who aren't perfect. And even, but what, what mothers are so good at is making it look like they're perfect. They're good at it. And they, in many of, of a, in a son's eyes, they are perfect. My mom is perfect. Amen. Amen. I know she's not perfect, but in my eyes, she's perfect. And you should esteem your mother like that. But the bottom line is, moms don't have it all together. Can you say amen, moms? Amen. You guys do a great job of looking like you do, but you don't because you're human. But we as men can, and sons can put our, women, our mothers up on a pedestal and say they do no wrong because they are so strong. We don't ever see the tears. We don't ever see the things going on behind closed doors because they're so strong. And God made them that way. Amen. So I don't say that to drag women down. I say it to build them up, actually, that we need to continue to treat our moms with tenderness. And understand that, hey, there were some times that they didn't have it all together. Amen. Sometimes we're too hard on them. We expect too much of them. Or we don't honor them enough. How many be honest to say we don't honor them enough? We don't thank them enough. Amen. We, don't, we, we shouldn't be just on Mother's Day thinking about our moms. This should be something we're celebrating extra special, but our moms need to know that we love them. And always in a service like this on a Mother's Day, there's many, many areas and facets of go, things going on. You've got my father who just yesterday, just yesterday, very recent, lost his mother and was at, had a funeral just yesterday. So he'll, for the rest of his life, always remember Mother's Day. And he'll always remember that the day before Mother's Day, his mom was buried and had her funeral. You've got other people in here who've lost your mom many years ago. Many people in here have lost your mom in the last few years. And so this is a day where... You're a mom, mothers, but you've lost your mom, and so it's a bittersweet day. It's a day where you're happy to be a mom, but you miss your mom. And maybe you're a son, and your mom's not here, and you miss your mom. So there's all kinds of situations, but the bottom line is we need to honor today those moms. And then I speak to you moms that are here to continue to be mothers of compassion because there are some moms who have done a good job of giving birth and done a good job of trying their best to raise their kids. But how many know we can all use a little more compassion? You got some moms, just like dads, who are trying to be a good mom but didn't have a mom 
that was so compassionate. Didn't have a mom that was quite as loving. She was always there maybe, but she wasn't as loving. I know some people who are, have been estranged from their mother. They're, or if, they, if their mother's around, it's not close. So there's all kinds of situations today. How many know it's hard to hit every angle on a message like this on Mother's Day? But I'm trying my best. Just to lighten it up a little bit, you know I love to talk about kids. Moms need to laugh and have a good time. Here's a few good laughs for you, moms. Here's some children's letters to God. Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? Nobody will tell me. Love, Allison. Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident? Norma. Dear God, I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Neil. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Joyce. Bruce says, please send me a pony. I've never asked for anything before. You can look it up. Peter says, dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year. <laughs> Elliot says, dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. Nan says, dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the world. There's only four in my family and I can't do it. <laughs> How many can say amen to that? Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday. That was cool. Eugene. Amen. The second part I want you to see is the mother's not perfect. The second is God has answers for mother's problems. I'm going to be thankful for that. Go quickly, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 3. Just go over to the left in your Bible a few chapters. And I want to just quickly read a story many of you have heard. These are very important, powerful stories about moms. 1 Kings chapter 3. Did I say second? Okay, 1 Kings chapter 3. Say amen when you're there. And I need to get in 1 Kings. Many of you know this story in verse 16. Two women who were harlots, or in other words prostitutes, came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman I dwell in the same house with, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Interesting that that would be the story I was telling you about because the woman in the first story with Pastor Dustin and Michelle was in that. And I, and, I, and I think sometimes, what an amazing God. Because if you saw Sarah, some of you have met her, she's the sweetest little thing. And she's turned into a great woman of God. And it's so awesome to see how God can take somebody like that and, and they can be conceived out of sin and then be redeemed and turned into something awesome. That's the grace of God. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, as we have dwelt in the same house, she gave birth. Verse 18. Well, then it happened the third day after I'd given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And the woman said, the woman's son died in the night 
because she laid on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and that's her lap and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. And they spoke back and forth before the king. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. And the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. Give one half to the one and the other half to the other. And the woman whose son was living spoke to the king. For she yearned, yearned with compassion. See the word again. For her son. Amen? Say compassion. Let me stop right there for a second. Don't just hear that word and move on. You, you can't have true compassion unless God helps you. There's, I believe there's a certain bit very small, of compassion that is in us because we're wicked people. But I think that one of the most lacking things in the church world, worldwide, is compassion. Can I stay here for a second? We need more love. We need more compassion. It's okay if the world is mean. It's okay if the world hates each other. It's okay. That, that's normal. But in the church... In the family of God, we have got to get to a place where when you hurt, I hurt. When you're happy, I'm happy. When you're going through a struggle, I'm going through a struggle. That you actually really care. Amen. Amen. And if you're here this morning and you don't get anything else out of this message, it's not just the moms, men and women, young people, older people, single, married, tall, short. We need more compassion. We need more love. And we need to say, God, fill me up with your compassion. Fill me up with your love. Let me have the love that you have. Let me hurt like you hurt. Let me feel what you feel. I, I, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm thankful that God has softened my heart. I'm a crybaby. I'm not a wimp, but I'm a crybaby. I think real men cry. Amen. Real men know how to get teary-eyed. I, I was trying to practice the song for my grandma's funeral. Wasn't even at the funeral. Driving down the road, trying to practice it. Bam, start crying. Take my sunglasses off. Grab a napkin out of the car. Just driving down the road. I'm up here the other day fixing a light. And I'm going up the ladder. Well, actually, before I went up the ladder. And I'm looking at the judgment trailer. I just start crying. I just say, God, there's no reason other than I just love God. And my wife and I were on the phone right after. I said, I'm a crybaby. I'm such a, I'm so soft. Amen. She said, that's okay. Amen. How many know we need to cry sometimes? Amen. Not from getting kicked somewhere. Amen. But because we have compassion. Because we care. There's nothing wrong with this. Sometimes I wish I could be a little stronger. 
Sometimes I wish I could hold it in a little better. But we need compassion. If you're here this morning and you can't remember the last time you cried, and I'm not talking about just because, like I said, something painful happened, but you cried out of compassion, I think you need to ask God this morning, God, give me more compassion. Let me see somebody else's pain and be able to be able to feel what they're going through. Amen? Somebody tell me where we left off. Let's read 26 again. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king. Watch this. For she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, Oh Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, No, let it neither be mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. She is the mother. How many want God this morning, moms, to God have God say, she's the mother. She's the one. She's got my heart. That woman, again, unbelievably, is about to lose that child. And she says, I'd rather have that woman take care of her and that woman take that baby than to see my child die. The real mom stood up. The real mother of compassion. Amen? So you look at this story and you realize that moms, as we saw in the great video before, motherhood is not stress-free. There's many pains growing up, giving birth, raising those children, nursing those children, having to go through what they go through, then having them kids leave. And there's many different areas in here of different lives. Some are just babies, newborns. Some have seen their kids grow up. Some kids have left the house. And there's many stages. But the bottom line is there's a compassion in a mom that, that only God can give. I want to end this morning in Proverbs 31, which is the greatest chapter and verses about moms and women in general. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a mom, but you're a woman. We esteem you this morning and we honor. If you go to Proverbs 31, I want to read a few verses to end. And we'll let you go this morning and spend some time with your families. Before I read this, I want, I want to say something else. Sometimes when you hear that word, go spend some time with your families. Many thoughts come in. Well, my mom's not here. I can't go spend time with her. Well, my dad's not here. Well, I don't have a good relationship with my mom. Or my mom lives in another state. All kinds of situations come in. You know what you need to do in life on days like this? You need to stop and look around you and see who's close and who's meaningful and who's good to you. Spend time with those people. And don't fret so much about what you don't have. You spend all day today mourning or being upset or being angry or being mad or whatever. Or you can say, I'm going to embrace the people that God has put around me. Amen. There's a lot of good families in this church. There's a lot of people. If you don't have anybody to spend time with today, there's people who will open up their time for you, their home for you. They'll spend time with you today. You're not alone. How many know that's important to do? Don't focus on what you don't have. I know there, as, as my uncle said, there's a lot of hurting people. There's a lot of people who've gone through a lot of stuff in this place. A lot. I, I have been blessed and honored for so many years to work with people who are hurting. God called me all the way back when I got saved. As soon as I got saved, he called me to the inner city. 
Then I went over to Costa Rica and I've always worked with hurting people. And sometimes it's hard because you don't have all the answers. But thank God we have a God who has the answers. Amen. We have a Savior who heals hearts. We have a Savior who gives peace. We have a Savior who's the father to the fatherless, the mother to the motherless, and everything else in between. He can be that person you're lacking this morning. And you can find those qualities in somebody around you. If you need that mom's hug today, I promise you, my mom's got enough hugs for everybody in this place this morning. I'll share her with you. Get that hug from my mom. Somebody in here will give you the mom's hug. Amen. You can get what you need this morning in God's family. Proverbs 31, verse 10. The virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax. Willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it for her profit. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Stop right there for a second. The musicians can come this morning. I thought of somebody. How many know it's good to see examples? I thought as I was reading that right there of Robert's mom. Is this going to be the first one, Robert? This first Mother's Day or second? Second one. He had an awesome mom. I was blessed to know her. Dad wasn't around. Dad was gone. I wouldn't even call him dad. Father was gone their entire life. And his mom provided, just like this book, this, this chapter's talking about. That's our drummer, Robert. And I was blessed to go out to her house. She had me come out there and pray over her house. And I was amazed when I got out there that she had this humongous plot of land in this beautiful big house that her sons had helped build. And I remember sitting there, we went in there, there was this humongous dining room, the humongously long, they're a pretty big family, this humongous long table. And I remember she would always have us sit down and eat. There was always food prepared. There was always a lot of food in this really nice house, in these big rooms. And I always th thought to myself, how did this woman provide all this? And I thought of this as I'm reading this, as she was a provider. She worked hard and she raised up kids around her that would strengthen her and protect her and take care of her. And that's an example of what I'm seeing in the Bible. And it was neat when, she, when I went out there, the last time I went out there, she was very sick. And she was in bed when we got out there. And I was actually with uh, evangelist Chris Clock, who was the one that led me to the Lord. He was here at that time. We went out there. We prayed for her. And she actually got up out of her bed and she came and sat with us at the table. But the coolest thing about her house was when she built that house, she built a prayer room. She built a room just for prayer. And I remember walking into that room, and I'm not trying to, I hope it's okay, Robert. It's good stuff, right? Honor your mom. I remember walking into that room, feeling the presence of God. I wanted to stay there. And we prayed in there for a little bit. I know Robert spent many times in there praying with her, but she'd go in that room for hours and pray. 
She was just a great example of a godly woman. Someone who cared for her kids, left that godly heritage, and made room for God. And I see that in this story. How many know it's neat when you can see a story in the Bible pop out? So go on with me, finish up these verses. She stretches her hands out, and her hand holds the spindle. That makes me think of my aunts. They're always making something. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed in scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Makes me think of my mom. She used to make lots of clothes and all kinds of things we needed for the house. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. Now women, you just stop there for a second. Make sure your husband's known in the gates for you being a good woman and not a gossiper. I just throw that out there real quick. No gossipers are in here though. Amen. How many know that's the godly woman he's talking about? That's a good woman. That's a great woman. Not here comes the news. Amen. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the servants. Watch these next two verses. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And I read 30 again. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Father, we thank you this morning for these women. Godly, God-fearing, hard-working, sacrificial, faithful compassionate women. Lord, we honor them today, and not only today, but today especially. We thank you for these women in this place. Not only the wonderful mothers, God, but those who are wanting to be mothers, those who are praying, Lord, that they could have children. Lord, those who are here and they've had maybe some tough times, that God, you'd be what every person in this place needs this morning. That's the great thing about you, God, is that you can meet, minister to everybody's needs at one time. You can heal the hurts, just like a mom would put a Band-Aid on something and lick those wounds. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you do that this morning in our hearts. I pray for every man and every woman who's struggling today on this day, if this is a tough day for them, a day of loss. I just pray your comfort and your peace and your joy would be upon them. And I pray today also, God, that you would help us to be more compassionate as men and women. God, that you'd continue to raise up awesome, godly, wonderful women in this church who would be examples to our young people. As you talk about in Timothy, Lord, where the women in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, where the women are examples in dress and talk and how they carry themselves to the younger women so they have an example to follow. 